Isaiah chapter 61, verse number 1. The Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. This is what I want to focus on today. To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment, someone say the garment the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they might be called trees of righteousness the planting of the lord that he might be glorified lord we thank you for this day we thank you lord for your sweet spirit we thank you lord god for all that you have done in this place now god this is your church we are your people these are your sheep and i am your vessel so help me lord to speak every word that is intended i pray that my flesh will not get in the way in jesus name we pray everybody say amen if you're ready to receive the word clap your hands unto the lord one more time You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So I, I want to speak today on, on a subject that is just simply come as you are. Come as you are. Now, this subject here is, is a very intriguing subject to me because it is a subject that probably over the last decade or two has been a subject that has caused a lot of separation or division. Uh, there are Christians that hear the term or phrase, come as you are, and they take it to uh, so far left that it causes other people to become frustrated uh, at that phrase. And it's, 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 it's to the point to where now you can have other Christians uh, that don't even like to hear the phrase, come as you are. And so you have this dynamic between groups of people that when they hear the phrase, come as you are, you have opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to the understanding of that phrase. Well, why is that? Why is it that when you hear the phrase, come as you are, you have different opinions about what that statement means? First of all, it's because it's not a biblical statement. Now, many of you may not be aware of that, but the phrase come as you are is actually not in the Bible. Sometimes we say things enough that we assume they are biblical. We say things over Christianity does that. We repeat things so much that we just know that's in the Bible. I'm sorry, but the phrase come as you are is actually not in the Bible. You will not see that phrase. It has been adopted by Christianity. And so now you have people, because it's not a biblical statement, you have your own interpretation. 
And so that's why it's very careful that when Christians adopt phrases, you must understand, first of all, is it biblical? If it's not biblical, now you're going to have different people use that phrase according to how they want to use it. Because that's what we can do. We can take a phrase that is not biblical and now we want to interpret it the way we want to interpret it. So therefore, you can walk into any church in this city and if you said come as you are, every church probably will have its own definition of what come as you are is. All right. Everyone will have its own definition. Why? Because it's not biblical. Because if something is biblical, at least we can go to the word of God and say, well, let's see what God says about that. And that's why it's important to stand on God's word. That's why it's important to lean and depend on what does the Lord say about certain situations. So I'm going to help this church. I can't pastor every church. I I can't be everywhere, but I'm going to help us so that when we hear the phrase, come as you are, how should we receive the phrase, come as you are? Well, first of all, uh, by definition, by definition means according to Brother Google or Sister Siri or Evangelist YouTube, uh, whichever one you look at, uh, according to definition of the phrase, come as you are, it says this, an invitation to attend something without making changes. An invitation to attend something without making changes. It goes on to say, or otherwise hiding your usual or natural self. So that's what come as you are by definition is. Now, I want us to understand this very simple thing, and this is important. If you're taking notes, you need to write this one down. Write this down. We are a come-as-you-are church that serve a change who you are, God. Now, I want you to write that down. This is very important to understand. We are a come-as-you-are church that serve a change who you are, God. That is important for us to understand that statement because we have many that receive the statement or phrase come as you are and that means you can stay as you are you can come you can stay and you can have a seat at the table no matter how you feel how you act or how you live now that's not bible I believe that Jesus wants you to come as you are. But I also believe that he loves you enough that he doesn't expect you to stay who you are. If you want to stay who you are, don't come to Jesus. Everybody that had an interaction with Jesus changed. There is a song that is called or titled The Table. It is simply called the table. Here's a line in the song. The song says, all are welcome at the table. There is a place just for you. No condemnation at the table. There is a place just for you. There is a place just for you. Now, I I want us to break down what I just read, the lyrics of this song. Because the song says all are welcome at the table. True statement. 
There is a place just for you. True statement. No condemnation at the table. True statement. There is a place just for you. Now, if we are using biblical understanding of come as you are and no condemnation, it's important for us to understand what condemnation is then. Because if we don't understand what condemnation is, then we will misuse the phrase and the term come as you are. Because condemnation, it's not at the table because the Lord, once you have made a decision to change and be with him, he does not condemn you anymore of your past. See, that's the beauty of serving Jesus Christ is that when you come to him, he doesn't accuse you or view you as your yesterday. Uh -huh. See, people will see you as your yesterday, but Jesus will never see you as your yesterday. And so once you are at the table, your yesterday's gone. Your past is over. It doesn't matter anymore. He doesn't even think about that. The things that come to your mind about your past, see, that comes from the enemy. That doesn't come from God. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to understand that principle, that condemnation is not at the table talking about your past, but condemnation will be at the table if you try to stay at the table in your sin. And see, there's the difference is that we have people that say, come as you are. That means you can come any way you want to come to Jesus, but Jesus does not expect you to stay any way that you want to be. Because if you're going to be with Jesus, there's going to be a change that's in your life. God will never allow you to walk with him and stay the exact same way before you came to him. It won't work. It started that way in the beginning. That's why Jesus, the, the, uh, our God, the creator of heaven and earth, uh, had to remove Adam and Eve from the garden. Right? It's because there was a separation. And then God had to bring a way of reconciliation back to mankind. Look at the book of Jude. The book of Jude, follow me here. There's only one chapter, verse number four. So the Bible says here, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. They used to think and feel and teach the way we used to feel and teach. They understood what condemnation was. But the Bible says ungodly men. It says turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, by definition of lasciviousness, lasciviousness means unbridled lust or excess or something that is outrageous. Unbridled lust is uncontrolled lust. It's in excess. It's outrageousness. So the scripture is saying, that they are turning the grace of God into lasciviousness or uncontrolled lust or excess. So these people are taking the come as you are statement and they're going way too far with it. They're taking that statement saying you can come as you are, but it's okay to stay as you are because Jesus loves all people. Yes, Jesus loves all people and Jesus hates all sin 
and so it is important for this church to understand what come as you are even means. Because you can come as you are. Every person, every man, woman, boy, or girl across this county can come exactly how you are, and it does not matter. And if anybody says anything to you about how you come, you just, just come tell me. Come, 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 come. Come, come let me know because I'll make sure I'll take care of that because it's important for everyone to feel welcome at Star City Church. It's important no matter your age, no matter your color, no matter your background, no matter where you come from, whether you're rich or poor, does not matter, middle class, it does not matter. You ought to feel welcome in the house of the Lord. And let me say this, this isn't your house. Now, your house, you can tell people who to come in, who not to come in. That's your house. But this ain't your house. So don't walk around here like it's your house. Amen. Now, my wife and I and my family, now, it's, it's six of us, y'all. It's my wife and I and four kids, six of us. If we walked into the church, we wouldn't be able to sit, fit on one row. Think about it. There's only five seats there. It's six of us. And I remember when my wife and I and my entire family were living in a different state and we were trying to find a home church. Anybody ever been there trying to find a place that you can call home? Every hand should have went up because at some point all of us have been there. We're trying to find a place that we can call home. And we walked into this church, six of us. Now, I'm not short now, y'all. My wife's not short either. All right. We got some rambunctious kids. We walk into this church I want, you to, I want you to guess how many people talk to us. Come on, talk back to me. Yeah, that's exactly right. Brother Whitaker, hold that up a little higher. That's not a three he's holding up. That's a zero. And he's not saying okay. Zero. Zero people spoke to my family. Zero. You know, I don't think you understand that. How can you walk into a church and not one person say hi? How is that possible? It was to the point, I started looking around. Now, I know y'all see me here. I know you see me. And I've been raised in church my entire life, so I knew how to dress. Praise God. Oh, yes, wife, you look beautiful. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes. Children, oh, yes, every, uh, yes, uh-huh, here we. Not one. I, 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 I'm not overemphasizing what I'm saying right now. I, I'm not, a, this is not an exaggeration. Not one person even said hello. And we stayed there the entire time. Because I want, my wife, about 30 minutes in, my wife said, let's get up. She's hitting me. Get out of here, this place. What, what, get out of here. I said, I want to, no, I'm staying here the whole service. I want to see, is anybody going to say something to this family? Nobody said anything. I'm so thankful that spirit is not in this church. I'm so thankful that you can come to Star City Church and you can feel right at home in this place. Come on, SCC family. You ought to stand to your feet, clap your hands because it's nothing but the goodness of the Lord. It's not because of you and I. We are nothing but with the Lord we are all things. Somebody clap your hands and say thank you Jesus. Amen. 
Praise God. You may be seated. I'm off my soapbox. I'm going to keep preaching. I had a flashback, though. <laughs> my mind went back to when I was there. No, let me keep going. <laughs> I was about to go there again. Everyone's welcome. Everyone come as you are. But there will be a change. I'm telling you, you hang around this church, you come around Star City Church, you come around here long enough, or you're going to start to change. You're going to see some evolution, if you will, in your life. You're going to see something change from the inside to the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I'm telling you, you can't be in the presence of an almighty God and not feel the power of his spirit to pull upon you to say something has to change. God is going to work on people's hearts to say, I've got to change that in my life. I've got to get rid of that in my life. Whether you hear the preaching from the word of God or whether you feel something moving in your heart, something is going to cause you, I've got to change. You cannot expect, your, expect yourself to draw closer to him and stay the same. I know this is anti-culture. I know this is anti-culture. We want to come to church. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. And go right back to who we are. Oh, but I came to church on Sunday. Hallelujah. Oh, that was a good word, preacher. I'll be back next Sunday. No, no, no. Get out of that church. Amen. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. What does that mean? The liberation to break chains, to move mountains, to cause things to re be rearranged in your life. Jesus is a heart fixer. He's a mind regulator. He's the one that can put things back together that was once broken in your life. He can rearrange everything that is taking place. That's the God that we serve. Yeah. He's able to do all that and more. So the Bible says in the book of Jude, hey, we got some folks that's creeping into the church and they're not, they're not teaching this come as you are the right way. We got some folks that's coming in here and they're expecting people to stay the exact same way all the time. Now we must understand it, 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 can, it can be a process. Look at the Bible. Look at Romans chapter number eight, verse number one. Look at what the scripture says. All right. I'm, I'm done talking. Let's go back to Bible. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. Are you hearing me? Remember the song says there's no condemnation at the table. Yes, that is true. There's no condemnation at the table of Jesus. But there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So you can't stay out of the spirit and in your flesh and remain at the table. That's what the Bible says. The scripture says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who do what? Walk not after the flesh, but what do they do? After the spirit. We are come as you are church, but we serve a change who you are God. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. All right. 
I'll keep reading. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. Now, before we read this, let me make this statement. God calls us where we are. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. God calls us where we are. And then God invites us to a new place. He calls us where we are, and then he invites us to a new place. Why? Because there's always this healthy spiritual tension between who we are now and whom God has called us to be. Where we are now and where God is calling us to be. I'm telling you, there's many of you that would not have come here today if you didn't feel some sort of pull or tug in your spirit. Something has been telling you, I need to go to church. Something has been telling you, matter of fact, I need to go to that church. Something has been telling you, whether you've seen a commercial, whether you've seen something on social media, something grabs you to say, I've got to attend there. I've got to go there. That's not your flesh. That is the spirit. That is the spirit of God trying to move upon you. Do I have a witness in here? That is the spirit of God trying to move upon you to say, that's where you need to be. Why? Because I'm trying to take you where you are to a new place that I see you. I love how God sees us where we can't even see ourselves. We don't even see where God sees us. Because all we can focus on oftentimes is right now. Where we are right now, what's going on in my life right now. But God already sees where he's taking us. But there's this healthy tension between that. So the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it's right here in the screen. It says, Sir, it says, therefore, if any man be where? In Christ. If any man be in Christ, uh-huh, he's a new creature. He's a new creature. That word creature, that means creation. He's a new creation. It says, all things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. When you're at the table, you're going to become a new person. When you're at the table, old things are passing away. When you're at the table, Jesus is steady making you over and over again. When you're at the table. That's why there's no condemnation at the table because Jesus said, no, yo, yesterday, it's behind me. I've already forgotten about it. Stop dwelling on it. I already see you better than you are right now. Too often we are criticizing ourselves and beating up ourselves for no reason when Jesus is saying, won't you get past that because I've been past it. Some husbands and wives are here saying, I've been telling you that. No, baby, he's talking about Jesus, not your relationship. <laughs> oh, Lord, marriage counseling, all right. I think I'm booked all week, vacation Bible school. I think I'm booked. I'm booked. I'm booked all week. Yeah, uh, we, we want to bring up past and yesterday and you did this and it's amazing. Them, them women's memories banks are powerful. They're powerful. Well, we can do something. Yeah, five months ago. What? <laughs> five months? What are you talking about? My goodness, that's beyond Walmart's return policy. What are, you, what are you talking about right now five months ago? Their memory breaks is powerful. They remember everything. <laughs> I'm going to keep preaching right there. <laughs> See, when you're at the table, though, the Bible says 
I want you to put that scripture back on the screen, please. Uh, something just hit me, okay? I, I want you to fall. I am I helping somebody today? Am I helping somebody? Oh, oh, okay. L listen, listen to me now. The scripture says, behold, all things are. If you have your Bibles, it's important to underline this, highlight this word. Just make sure you have it there because you're going to need this when you're in the valley. You're going to need this when you're going through tough times. You're going to need this when you feel like giving up. The Bible says all things are. Someone say become. Become new. Become means process. The word become means process. All right? It means a process because there are people that come to the Lord and there are a process. There is a process that takes place in your life. So don't compare your process to other people's process. Because if you look and compare yourself to other people, they can be moving fast along and you think, what am I doing? Why am I moving at that rate? But yet you can also be looking at other people that are far behind thinking that you're okay. When God is trying to pull you to another level, it goes both ways. It goes both ways, and we do it all the time. We always compare ourselves to our peers. We do it all the time. I, I, I tell married couples, my wife and I, when we do marriage counseling, premarital counseling at like this, one of the advices that we give is do not compare your relationship to one of your friend's relationships. And don't allow your friends to be in your relationship. Your girlfriend ain't got to know everything that's going on in your house. Amen. Can I stay on that a little bit? Your in-laws don't have to know everything that's going on in your house. My wife and I got married. I wasn't calling mommy and daddy and said, this woman, uh -uh. they don't need to know what's happening in my house. I've got to go to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Or if I've got a spiritual mentor in my life that I can go to that will keep things in confidentiality, I can go to that person and talk to that specific person. But everybody doesn't need to be in your home. Everybody doesn't need to be in your spiritual development either. Don't compare yourself to other people's spiritual development. Have a pastor. Have somebody you can go to. A pastor, a wife, a, a spiritual mentor here in the church that you can say, how am I doing right now? All right, I better hurry up. Let me. You come as you are, but you don't stay who you are. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. Look at what Paul says to the church in Galatia. He says, I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But even though I'm living, it's not I. He says, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Why? Because he loved me and he gave himself for me. So I am crucified with Christ. My flesh is crucified because in order for me to stay at the table, I must crucify my flesh. I must deny who I am and take up my cross daily and follow after him. And while I am living, I am living with the purpose of Jesus Christ in my life. So everywhere I go, everything I do, I should be reflecting Jesus Christ. And so Paul continues on, and he's speaking now to the Corinthian church. So he tells that to the church in Galatia. But then he says to the church in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting at verse number 9. 
The Bible says, know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous shall not make it into heaven. He says, so don't be deceived. He says, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. He says, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But Paul says, you came as you were, but because you serve a God that will change who you are, this is how you used to be, but now God has changed you. So that's why in verse number 11, it says, such were some of you. You used to be this way. You used to be someone that fornicated. You used to be someone that was an idolater. Anything that you put above God, anything that you put ahead of God, that is an idol to you. You used to be this way. You used to be effeminate. Someone, a male that has feminine ways and female ways. He says, you used to be that way. Now, the King James Version says, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Speaking of homosexuality. If you look up any other version of the Bible, it says men that practice homosexuality now the word men there means mankind and so you used to be this way I was asked the question is it possible for someone to change who is a homosexual I says yes it's actually in the Bible believe it or not this is not something new this has been around from the beginning and Paul says you used to be this way but now you are changed because you can come as you are. Come on in here if you're an idolater. Come on in here if you're a fornicator. Come on in here if you're an adulterer. Come on in here if you're a liar. Come on in here if you're a thief. Come on in here if you practice homosexuality. Come on in here, whatever the case may be, because watch God change you. Am I welcome at your church? Yes, you are. Can I come to your church? Yes, you can. You should never turn anybody away from this church. I don't care how they act, who they are. Some of us get nervous to invite some of our family members. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't, you don't, no, Pastor. You, I think there's a church down the street, right? I'm going I'm to give them that address. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. you're underestimating the power of God. Can, can you put 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse number 11? Okay, verse number 11. Look what it says. It says, and such were some of you, but, past, but Pastor Robinson was able to change them. Oh, but the members of Star City Church are just so sanctified. They were able to change people. No, 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 no. You washed. 
You're sanctified. You're justified. But how is it? It's in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. My friend, you cannot change anybody. You cannot do a thing, but we can turn it over to the Lord. We can put it in the hands of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, I used to be bound, but now I'm free. I used oh, I wish I had a witness in here. You sitting down like you didn't used to be some of those things that we mentioned, but God has changed our life. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, won't we just take 30 seconds, clap our hands unto the Lord, let's magnify him together. Yes. Be seated, please, for a moment. So yes, come as you are, but just know you won't stay as you are. <laughs> you won't. And let me help someone here today. Don't try to fight it. All right? Don't try to fight it. Heard someone tell me, oh, you, you're that preacher that tells people what to do and how to live. I said, wow, when did that rumor start about me? Where did that one come from? I said, well, I guess that's what comes with the territory. I said, no. I said, but I am a Bible preacher. Now, I'm not ashamed to tell people that. I am not ashamed. I said, no. I said, but I am a Bible preacher, though. And I'm going to stick to that word. Because my preaching and my teaching doesn't have to be to your standards. I have to meet his standards. Boy, if I need to start City Church to amen now, boy, that's, that's, that's Now's a good time. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have to meet his standards. I have to hold myself accountable to him. So I said, no, I said, no. So sorry you feel that way, but I am a Bible preacher, though. He said, yeah, you, you look like that type. I said, I didn't know, I didn't know we had a look, but uh, brother, brother E, I hope it's a good look. I hope so. Amen. I, I had to go find a mirror. I said, what is this? What does it look like? Church Jesus is in the changing business. See, let me dig here for a moment. See, our culture teaches that there is a God of the Old Testament and a God of the New Testament. The Bible doesn't teach that. That's not a biblical statement. 
All right? That's one of those come as you are. That's not Bible. It's not there. It doesn't teach that there's a God of the old and a God of the new. No, the Bible teaches there's only one God. He's the same God all throughout the scriptures. And that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. See, people say, well, no, well, but Jesus said, see, they don't understand who Jesus is, though. Because when you separate the words of Jesus and the Old Testament God, you're separating them. You cannot separate them because Jesus is the manifestation or the image of an invisible God. So if God said it, Jesus was saying it because that is him just walking in the flesh. Same one. Jesus just brought about mercy. Oh, man, am, 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 am I making sense here? Jesus brought about mercy. He introduced mercy. Because before Jesus, if you was caught in an act of adultery or fornication, the Old Testament law says, bring that man and woman out here and we're going to stone them to death. Boy, that'll keep some pants up. Oh, Jesus. No, I gotta, you ain't going to stone me to death. Uh-uh, woman. I'm going back to my home. So, but Jesus brought about mercy to where Jesus says, see, we look at these scriptures wrong. When Jesus said, see, if you even look on a woman to lust after her, you have committed adultery in your heart. See, some people say, man, that's a hard thing. No, he's trying to keep you away from being stoned to death. That's mercy. See, when Jesus says words like that, so if I start looking on a woman inappropriately, I say, no, Lord, Lord, help my eyes, help my mind, because I'm looking at something that I shouldn't be looking at, and I don't want it to go to the next level. Am I making sense? That's Bible. That's what we need to understand. It's the same God. And so the scripture lets us know that this God wants to make sure that you understand, yes, you can come to me, but when you come to me, I'm going to give you a change of garment. Put up Isaiah chapter 61, verse number three. The Bible says and lets us know in Isaiah 61, verse number three, please, because you don't stay who you are, but God rearranged you. He changes your clothes when you come to him. Isaiah 61, verse number three please. And it's going to come in three. Two, there it is. And so the scripture says to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion and to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Look what it says. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness because when you come to Jesus as you are no matter what situation you're going through he's going to say okay it's time for you to take off that spirit of heaviness and I'm going to put you on a new jacket and you're going to have a garment of praise that's why when you come into the house of the Lord you should never walk out of here down depressed or in the dumps but every time you leave Star City Church you want to leave out and say, whoa, I feel much better. I feel good down in my soul. I walked in bound, but I'm walking out free. Why? Because I've got a spirit, a garment of praise. Hallelujah. Because that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants you to change your garments for a new garment that only he can put on you. So no matter what you're dealing with and going through, God is able to change it. You know, oftentimes we say, boy, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. 
No, I, I tell people, no, you just woke up and put the wrong clothes on. <laughs> Try it next time when, when y'all get into that little, you know, spout. No, 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 you, you, you put the wrong clothes on this morning. You need to take off that spirit of heaviness because Jesus did not give us a spirit of heaviness, but he gives us a garment of praise. You need to take off that heaviness and stop putting your head down between your legs and lift up your head and say, thank you, Jesus, because I can be complaining about a lot of things, but I thank you, Lord, because I'm still here. I thank you, Lord, because I'm still breathing. I thank you, Lord, because I'm still in my right mind. I thank you, Lord, because you've been better to me me to me to me do I have four or five people that will remove the spirit of heaviness and put on a garment of praise if that is you stand to your feet clap your hands unto the Lord let's lift up the name of Jesus hallelujah let's remain standing if you would please singers musicians you can come Look at what the Lord says in the book of Revelations, chapter number 16, verse number 15. He says, behold, I come as a thief. How many know that Jesus is coming back? There's a lot of people that don't believe that, but don't you stop believing that. Jesus is coming back. He says, behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he. Ooh, I want to be blessed. Blessed is he that watches. I want to continue to watch. Blessed is he that watches and does what? And keeps his clothes on. <laughs> blessed is he that watches. And you better keep your clothes on. What clothes is he talking about? That garment of praise. Because he's removing the spirit of heaviness. You keep that garment of praise. You keep your garment of sanctification. You keep your garment, hear me somebody, of purity. I know it's not famous and I know it's not in the world. The world's teaching, you know, to be a virgin until you're married, you know, that's still a Bible thing. I know that's not something that the world teaches, but you can keep that garment of purity. You can keep those things. I'm teaching my daughters even now at six, eight years old. It's okay to remain pure and Keep those garments pure, if you will, especially my 16-year-old. Keep your garments pure. Keep that garment on. Keep your garment of sanctification. Keep that garment of being sober. There's a lot of people that work hard to be sober. We celebrate those here in this church that, that, that have gone through six months and one year of sobriety. We celebrate that here. But we also celebrate that person that says, Pastor, it's been one day. I've went 24 hours. I say, you go, you go, you go, you go. Because it just starts at that one day. Give me one day. We celebrate that. Keep that garment of sobriety. Keep that garment of having a clean mouth. There has people, there have been people, that, I haven't cussed all week. You go, boy. I give my high five. Praise God. Give my high five. Because such were some of you. 
That's why I love this church because we don't, we're not a people that have our heads in the clouds thinking that we're better than other people like we're here and everybody else is there. No, no, no. I used to do some of the exact same things you are doing and that's why I know if God can change me, he can change you. So my challenge today to somebody come to Jesus just as you are. Don't try to fix yourself. Many people make the mistake of saying, well, let me get this together. Let me fix this and let me do this first. And then I'll come to Jesus. No, no, my friend, because if you can do it, you would have already done it. You've already done it. I read a statistic the other day, Daniel, that said a smoker, they try up to nine times in their lifetime to stop smoking. That statistic astonished me. Reminded of my grandfather. You guys know this testimony. Come on, praise him. I need them to know that I'm done preaching. Reminded of my grandfather, who was an alcoholic, town drunk. My grandmother, who stayed in the church, prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And at the tender age of 72 or something like that, Grandpa decided, I've had enough smoking, I've had enough drinking. See, see, when you look at me, I, I just don't come from a, a great lineage of just this, this, and this, and this. I come from a great lineage of mercy. That's, that's what I come from. Mercy's been on my life. And, and see, a, drink, a, a drunk grandfather alcoholic into smoking all, into all these things his entire life he had a son that became a preacher and he had a son that became a preacher see you, you just don't know when you come as you are right as you are and allow God to do the changing you just don't know what future generations are going to be blessed you don't know future generations that will be blessed because you come as you are. Let's lift our hands right now unto the Lord. Come on, I feel his presence. I feel his spirit in here. Hallelujah. I feel a God that is changing hearts. I feel a, I feel a God that is speaking to people's hearts right now. Come on, that's it. Every eye closed, every hand raised. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Now every man, woman, boy, and girl, you ought to come to Jesus. Come to this altar just as you are. Come on, remove that spirit of heaviness right now. Allow God to put on a garment of praise. Allow him to keep your sobriety. Allow him to keep your purity. Allow him to keep you in your right mind that's it in this church we we make steps of faith that's what we do here in this church we don't stay where we are but we move towards this front and we say lord i'm here lord i thank you come on down here come on down here and kneel come on down here and lift your hands unto the lord come on down here and call upon him there's no pressure there's nothing here but you ought to come because the spirit of the lord is here and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty i'm telling you he's able to break every chain he's able to move every mountain he's able to subdue any attack in the name of Jesus Christ